The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from pitchers.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is March 11th, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. I know, it is a Saturday but there's just too much to talk about, and I want to try and get these in for the weekends. Not going to happen in season, but this is spring training. There's a lot to review where I don't have an SP roundup to talk about it, and this is the way that I want to do this. And I can't do all three days on Monday. Let's just be honest. So I'm going to do this today. Uh, we'll see if I can do it for Tau Wars, and I'm going off to Vegas two weekends, so I might be spoiling you with th- these two this weekend. But still... We've got a lot, so we're going to do it right now. Brandon fought three innings, four and runs, two walks, two Ks. It doesn't matter. He wasn't going to get the number five spot anyway for the Diamondbacks. To me, he's still the number six when there is an opportunity. So just remember, Brandon fought is still very good. This does not change anything. It's as if no pitcher has ever allowed four earned runs before and been good. I mean, come on. Nick Lodola, I mean, three innings, three earned runs, five hits, one walk, five Ks. And we're not going to talk about that one, are we? There you go. Uh, you've got Patrick Corbin, four innings, one earned run, uh, three hits, zero walks, three Ks. By the way, about Lodolo and, and Fought and everything. They're both good. Lodolo, I still like. His stuff is great, but I do worry about being on the Reds and the development there and everything. So fine. Patrick Corbin did well. We don't care about that. Uh, Jesus Lazardo was on the other side. Four innings, six Ks. I don't have any velocity readings. And I got to say, for a lot of these, no one is reporting velocity on Twitter, and it's driving me insane. It might be that the parks are not showing it in any way, but... Then they're not talking to anyone with a radar gun. It's annoying. Get that information. We need it. But fine. Um, I have it for some guys because of Savant and stuff. When I don't have it for Savant, there was just no information. So Lizardo, he was around 97 before. Last time we checked, now it's 6Ks against a pretty terrible lineup for the Nationals. But still, that's pretty dang awesome. Allowed a solo shot, and that's it. Kyle Bradish, four innings, one run, eight strikeouts. I have no velocity ratings. I still am worried about that cut fastball. But clearly... I got nothing else to tell you. Um, breakers were probably good. But you didn't face a single starting player for the Twins. All the Twins batters were backups or AAA people. So keep that in mind here for the context of that. I know I've been out on Bradish. It still feels like a risky proposition. While there are other ones I feel like can get more value out of the gate. And I feel like it's a best of cherry bomb for Bradish. But maybe I'm wrong. And I would love for him to soar and be incredible and to prove me wrong here. I just am still worried about that cut fastball. Joe Ryan was on the other side of that three innings. Zero and runs, two hits, four Ks. Everything seems good to go there. Eliezer Hernandez is fighting for the SP5 spot for the Mets. Considering that Quintana is going to be out for a while. Remember, he exists too with David Peterson and Tyler McGillan. Nope. 
four and runs in 2.2 innings. We move on. Jordan Montgomery, he was fine. Not the best secondaries. He hung a lot of changeups, but yeah, he's all fine. Tristan McKenzie isn't. Another bad start. 2.1 innings, five and runs, three walks, one K. It's another start where the command and control are not there. I'm very worried about Tristan McKenzie, guys. I would not be targeting him in drafts personally. Maybe he does switch or gets into gear in a week or two and whatever, but that was my concern over the offseason for Tristan McKenzie. And this is another start indicating that it's still not fixed. Uh, Brandon Woodruff did well. Ace is going to ace. Alex Wood, velocity was slightly down. Um, he's still hovering 92 miles per hour. 2.2 innings, 4 and runs, 3 walks, 3 Ks. He didn't have a good slider, though. It was just 1 out of 17 whiffs. It was down a full tick. Um, actually, really a tick and a half. It was down 130 RPM. That location, he got shelled. It wasn't a good day for Alex Wood. I would monitor him. Uh, hopefully, it's going to improve across the next couple weeks. Fastball slider still should generally work for Alex Wood, one of the most unlucky guys, apparently, um, with his ERA above five last year and dips were all indicating around a 3.6 or 3.7 pitcher. Austin Gomber was fine. We move on there. Same with Connor Overton. Don't really care. George Kirby, I watched this one. He looks like George Kirby, and I'll be honest with you, uh, I've been very much from my uh, removed scout side. So the, like, when I go through the offseason, there are two sides to this. There's me watching guys and uh, in season a lot. And then the offseason is a lot more of just here are the numbers of the season and analyzing that from a you know just pure numbers standpoint and just trying to be like logical of projections and everything like that. And that suggests, hey, Nick, you should be more encouraged of the second year season, a sophomore season of a pitcher as they have an opportunity to develop and be better than they, what they were, right? What they were last year isn't set in stone. It's just a first season in the majors. And generally, guys do get better as they move on. So I watched this one with George Kirby, and it felt fine. And I don't know if I want fine from George Kirby. I think where he's going in drafts right now is around like SP25 or so. And that's expecting more than fine. That's expecting an actual step up in some way because George Kirby still allowed a lot of hits. He wasn't the most overwhelming strikeout pitcher. And that's really dependent on the secondaries coming in. And I saw one splitter or two, and they were fine. They weren't really devastating. They weren't like, oh man, it looked like a normal changeup. Down away to a lefty. Good job. But he had one or two sliders or curveballs that were good and then the others were okay. George Kirby's fastball also was good, but it wasn't this like, oh my gosh, you can't touch this fastball pitch. What I'm getting at is he seems like a better Toby. And I guess that's good. He's on a winning ball club and he'll go six innings and everything like that. But he's not, I don't know. There's a part of me that's like, I want to be chasing like an, top 10 SP kind of guy. And I don't really feel like George Kirby is that from what I just saw. I mean, again, that is from me watching some spring training a little bit, which isn't necessarily the best indication of a pitcher. But there are these feelings I get in spring training watching pitchers go. And it's like, oh man, that guy is so locked in and overpowering. Like we saw with Spencer Strider, like Carlos Rodon and Christian Javier and all that kind of stuff, right? Before those breakouts. And then the other times where I watch them and I go, so yeah, this is all right. <laughs> this is okay. And it's not really indicative of this massive breakout year. And what I saw from George Kirby, there wasn't necessarily that, but it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It was just, I guess I wanted to see something more electric and I'm not really quite getting it yet from George Kirby. That's all. It's my, my small, my small little hesitance that I might be slightly dropping him on Monday when I do my update of the list. 
Um, but there is a lot more to talk about. I think this is like the longest note pad I made of any day this year. So we're going to talk about uh, all of the other guys from yesterday after this break. So there was another game that I watched intently. Um, and that was uh, Lucas Giolito pitching. He went against Drew Smiley. Drew Smiley looked fine. Four innings, zero runs, zero walks. Uh, 2K is good. I'm glad he kind of got it corrected from the beginning of spring training. It makes me feel a little bit better about starting him early in the season against the Brewers. You don't really need to do that in a 12-teamer. I think it's a really nice, sneaky, and I'll only play Drew Smiley. But 15-teamers, maybe the first week, you don't really need to. Uh, but I'm, I'm kind of intrigued, and it might be a quick pickup in a 12-teamer for like a couple weeks or so. Anyway, Lucas Giolito, three innings, zero runs, three hits, two walks, six Ks. I watch this one. I don't have velocity readings, and it bothers me. Because if I saw that he was sitting 94, Lucas Giolito would be inside my top 30. And there's a part of me that kind of wants to put him there anyway. I know that sounds crazy. His ADP right now is like 45, something like that, 45, 50. And it's this massive shrug because what's happening, and this is exactly what I'm talking about, is that the offseason becomes where we just look at the numbers, right? We just go like... This was his last season, so we don't know what we're going to get. Big shrug, it's a risk, all that kind of stuff, right? But then you think about Lucas Giolito, and I've I've been saying this the entire offseason of like uh, a a pick of Lucas Giolito is expecting the reset button to be pressed and is really called 2022 a lost season, which you can do. But it's like, we don't know, we have a big shrug, right? So there's a whole abdominal issue that he had at the beginning of the year, and he actually said it affected him. And I watched this game. Changeup looked nasty. Slider looked nasty. Fastball looked great. I wouldn't be surprised if that was like a 93, 94 mile per hour fastball. I really wish we had those velocity readings. There's also a part of me that says if we had the velocity readings, you are not getting Lucas Giolito as the 50th starter off the board anymore. Right? Like that would be 93, 94. I'm going to be aggressive with my Lucas Giolito ranking. I'm going to have Giolito ranked over Nick Lodolo, if you can believe it. Uh, I think this is... This is your profit in your drafts at this moment. And uh, you don't have to get him in the 10th round. Uh, if someone wants to do that, then that's okay. That's essentially expecting it. And that's not necessarily the risk proposition you want to take. But there are going to be moments when you're like, should I be taking Lucas Gili to Reed Detmers? And I know I've been harping on Reed Detmers a lot, but Lucas Gili is the better bet right now. And speaking of Reed Detmers, he went 3.2 innings, one earned run, two walks, three Ks, slider had its moments and all. But I, I'm i actually taking a small step back from Reed Detmers. I know I've been really like leaning in on the same idea of Kirby. But yeah, it's curveball and fastball. I've been like really looking up on it. I, from the eye test, look better than it actually has been. Um, and I maybe am leaning too much on that slider being ready to go out of the gate. I know I've been shouting it. I feel so bad that like I'm having second thoughts on it. But this is how I am, guys. I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel in, in certain moments. If it changes, I'm going to let you know right away. I'm not going to just stick to my guns for the sake of it. Uh, and I think it's just good discussion. Of This is why I'm doing that. If you think I'm being wrong now, then great. <laughs> I don't know yet. I'm, I'm, this is what my mind is thinking. And with Reed Detmers, I, to turn out someone like Giolito that I feel is like, oh, wait, this is this makes more sense as a history of it. Like Charlie Morden, who had a 30% strikeout rate in his last like four months of the year last year like why would I turn that down instead of chasing the Reed Detmers train um instead chase that and like that doesn't seem quite right to me I'm still aggressive on Reed Detmers but he's probably gonna be in like I don't know the 50s like 53 54 something like that like ahead of Kenta Maeda ahead of Kodai Senga for example 
Uh, but yeah, still not. Like, Lucas Giolito's got to be jumping up for me. Okay. Uh, Paul Blackburn went against Dane Dunning, and yeah, I'm not going to mention that again. I mean, Paul Blackburn, 4Ks and 3.1 innings, but he's going to start for the Athletics. If you need a starter in AO only league, sure, why not? Um, Jay Groom, you're like, who is that? He was traded uh, from the Red Sox to the Padres last year. And four innings, zero runs, three walks, three Ks. The Padres have so much depth. There's Julio Tehran, there's Adrian Morejon. Uh, there was, uh, obviously, there's Seth Lugo and Nick Martinez, as they're already five. Like, there's a lot of options there. Uh, don't forget about uh, Weathers as well, Ryan Weathers. They have all these pitchers that are ready to go so they don't get into a situation where they have nothing. Um, But anyway, uh, Jay Groom, you don't need to pay attention now, but it's just interesting that he will get some starts at some point, I'm sure, this year. Jordan Lyles, apparently the gun was so hot, like it was 102 miles per hour or something for Jordan Lyles. Not not the case. Three innings, zero runs, two walks, and uh, sorry, zero walks and two Ks. Uh, for John Lyles, we don't really care, though. Um, he's just an absolute volume AL-only guy. Uh, Justin Berlander, Whiffs and the Velo are there. And we are so signing up for this. Yeah. yeah I mean, he's he's up in my rankings again. Now, on the other side of it, though, I as far as he went against Detmers, but in the same area of the top 10, I've been going back and forth this entire offseason about Zach Wheeler. I love Zach Wheeler. I think he's such a good pitcher. And I... I keep going back and forth, like, how worried am I about the forearm injury he had, the, the difference in velocity? The, this It feels like, you know, I talked to Stephen Lyman. Lyman was like, hey, he should be okay as long as, like, they didn't find anything. It does feel weird right now where he went three innings, three and runs, five hits, one walk, two Ks. And I see Justin Verlander just like, I'm fine and normal and everything's good. And why would I go for Wheeler instead of Verlander right now? And I can't. Uh, Wheeler yesterday, his velocity was weird. He was around 95, 96, and then it dropped as he kept going. His command was a little bit off with everything. He's not there. He didn't do well. He might be. And last year, he wasn't ramping up right away. Remember, the shoulder was a little bit stiff, and then he got into it. But it does feel like I'm taking too much risk with it. And... I think it's a different situation than Rodon. Rodon was like, well, I'm healthy. And then also, no, I'm not. And he even said, like, I would pitch right now if I had to. So I'm not actually as worried, I think, as other people are about Rodon. Um, Wheeler is off. Uh, when I was really excited about him in 2021 and I saw the spring training stuff, he was still hitting locations and everything. And, like, he threw a curveball that was hit for a grand slam in a situation you normally want to throw a curveball. Who cares? This was actually like, okay, Wheeler's not quite locked in. And the velocity isn't quite... Yeah, it's weird. Okay, going back to other guys. We have Severino, who's at 95-96 still. That's cool with me. He elevated his four-seamer with intent. It's really good. The secondaries aren't quite there fully, but I don't want that to discourage you. I'm pretty cool in on Luis Severino. Spencer Turnbull, honestly, really cool sleeper. 2.1 innings, one and run, one walk, three Ks. He was at 94, which is great. He's throwing 53% four-seamers, and his sinkers are like 10-15%, exactly what it should be. He got a slider down. This is all nice. It's not the needle pushing in the right direction kind of play for a 12-teamer. 15-teamer, you're like, oh, no, I need a starter. Who is it going to be? Spencer Turnbull, consider him. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, Jeffrey Springs looks really good. I know I speak negatively about him as a human, but, like, for fantasy baseball, sure. Jeffrey Springs is really good. And uh, I probably will have him around, like, 40 or something like that. 
He has a new sweep against lefties. His pitch separation is fantastic. His changeup is so good. Um, yeah, I think Jeffrey Springs is a really good pitcher. Uh, Ian Anderson, three walks, one slider, still down two wick, two ticks on his velocity, two wicks. Um, we're up to four wicks now. Uh, that's a John Wick joke. Do not draft Ian Anderson. I put out a sleeper article before we saw anything in spring training, and then we saw the thing in spring training, and I rescinded it like right away, and I added other pitchers. <laughs> Ian Anderson is not the guy you should target. Uh, this is just not working out. It's kind of interesting. Michael Soroka will be the number five at some point, but out of the gate, I guess it's Bryce Elder. Kind of interesting. You shouldn't be chasing Bryce Elder. Anyway, uh, JT Brubaker had six Ks with his slider and curve looking good. The slider better than the curve. I still hate that sinker. I hate that he's with the Pirates. I don't want to chase that. And Corey Kluber went three innings, two and runs, five hits, two walks, and three Ks, whatever. So looking at today's games, uh, we have Sandy Alcantara pitching for uh, Dominican Republic. That's cool against Martin Perez. You have uh, Julio Urias uh, pitching for Mexico. Uh, with Urias, you want to see like 93-94, Sandy Alcantara be an ace. Martin Perez, I don't really think anything can make that work. Adam Wainwright, I really, unless your velocity is all of a sudden fixed or something, like not going to work. Also, you're going against, uh, well, Great Britain, so he's probably going to be much better than you think. Um, let's see, we've got uh, Weber for the Yankees, No, don't care. Uh, Joan Aviedo for the Pirates, again, the split squad Yankees. Doesn't really matter. Uh, command is likely not to, going to be that good, and there's nothing that you can see here that actually would convince me. Domingo Ramon is going. I want to see if the velocity is still up a tick. There's Plasmeyer with the fills. Apparently someone on Twitter is obsessed with me ignoring uh, Plasmeyer. Uh, he's not going to be the number five. It's going to be Bailey Falter. So that's just, I don't really care right now about uh, Plasmeyer. I mean, how he's done this year in spring training is two strikeouts in 5.1 innings. Zero on runs, but, like, not going to happen. Okay, we're moving on. Uh, Domingo Herman, as long as he has his velocity up still, he's easily the one above Clark Schmidt for me. He's the SP4 at this moment, so I think that's a really good value. Um, you have Jack Flaherty against uh, Forrest Whitley, which is kind of interesting. Uh, Flaherty, I just want to see the velocity numbers if I can, and hopefully getting slider whiffs again, while Forrest Whitley theoretically is in a battle with Hunter Brown. If he's amazing in this day, then that might actually work out, because Melissa McCullers is not starting. Chris Sale is going against Tyler Malley. Make sure you get the velocity numbers there if you can for Chris Sale and Tyler Malley. Uh, Chris Sale is, I want to see like around, uh, I guess like 95 miles per hour. Tyler Malley, I want to see a 94. Matt Manning, <laughs> velocity is so bad and down. Uh, Charlie Morton, I want to see 94 miles per hour and a good curveball. Chris Bassett, he's been down like three ticks already. So let's get him back to like 93, 94. That'd be great. Austin Voth, not going to get a rotation spell. So let's move on. Wisniewski's slider is so good. And I hope he has a number five spot. As long as he pitches well, he should have it. That's a really fun get. Uh, Noah Syndergaard, the velocities have been very strange. Um, hopefully, it's the 95-mile-per-hour fastball. And then the slider, I want to see that get whiffs. You have Ken Waldachuk, who's fighting for the SP5 spot. See how he performs against Aaron Savali. As long as he's throwing 60% plus cutters and curves, everything is good there. Alex Cobb, uh, hopefully the new slider is good. I'm, I'm curious to see that tomorrow morning. Uh, you have... Uh, Chase Anderson and Cole Raggins. Cole Raggins th apparently throwing harder, like 94-95 now. I'm I'm a little interested in that. I always thought he was very good. He's like a small adjustment away with his command. Like he had precision, but not command, if that makes sense. Um, where he's not quite nailing it. But it feels like he's so close. Looks like a new Cole Hamels almost. Uh, you have Jose Suarez, who a lot of people love. I don't. He apparently had a fantastic second half last year, but 
I think he's just good against lefties. Against Zach Davies. And if Zach Davies is horrific, Brandon Fogg has a rotation spot. And I mean like horrific. Like there's a problem with Zach Davies that they can't put him in the rotation. It's fought, but not going to happen. Uh, Flexen against Arania, absolutely not. Clevenger against Snell should be a really fun game um, where I really love Snell and I want to see that fastball inside to right-handers as much as I can. With Clevenger, he's going to be the SP5 for the White Sox after all. Um, last year, we haven't really seen his breakers become good. I'm kind of just ignoring him. Um, I feel like he's just too volatile at the moment. Maybe there's something there with uh, the breakers coming back, but until I see anything there, I'm just not. I'm just avoiding him completely. Um, Trevor Rogers and Josh Fleming. Fleming could have a rotation spot because Yanni Trinos is the number five right now, and everyone's like, "What? What's going on?" It's probably just like two, three innings rotation spot, as you use air quotes that you can't see. While Trevor Rogers, I want to see the changeup insider do things, but again, not on TV. I don't really know, but hopefully, there's some reports about that. Um, as his fastball is generally good, it's just really are the secondaries coming together properly. Eric Lauer, is he going to be at 94 miles per hour and upstairs with his fastball? I hope so, but I doubt it. And he, I mean, he did really well at the beginning of last year and then he slowed down. So maybe he has again this year where Chris Bubich is trying to get a uh, rotation spot, but I kind of feel like it's Brad Keller. I don't know. You can't buy into any of this. And the last one is Josiah Gray. Absolutely not. Fastballs just are too hittable. While Senga is also pitching. And for Senga, I want to get a decent camera angle of his uh, secondaries. That is, I want to see the ghost fork in action. I want to see the slider in action. I want to see if the fastball is actually like, well located instead of just like, here's 96, 97, just try and go hit it. Because we've seen bad velocity before. And what I mean by that is, even though it's 96, it still gets hit a lot. So I'm very curious what we get from Kodai Senga. But that's it for today. Hope you enjoyed this bonus one over the weekend. I'll try and do another bonus one tomorrow morning. Helps me out a lot and hopefully helps you too. But that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock. I'm your Baptist below and your strength outside.